Hello. <laughs> Lovely to be here with you all. Um, this, this isn't going to feel very cohesive. I've got a series of things that we need to talk about this morning. Uh, one is the budget. Woohoo! Um, one is uh, about. Yeah, Mark, yeah, Mark you're, you're excited. <laughs> what that really means, Mark, is people aren't excited because you don't talk about the budget anymore. Yeah. That's the real sadness. No, no, no Mark's money matters this morning. Um, and then I'm going to talk about the leadership team, then I'm going to talk about the term, and in the midst of all these things, I'll talk about Jesus. Um, and then we're going to pray for one another. Um, at the end of this morning, you'll all get a uh, letter, which basically also says a lot of what I'm saying this morning. So if you want to switch off, you can just read it later. Um, especially the budget stuff. The budget stuff, um, it's not, there will also be an AGM in the coming months as well. We obviously haven't done that in a while, but we figured while we were sending this letter out, um, we would update you on some of this stuff as well. Um, so on the budget, let's start with that. Let's get that out of the way. Sorry, Mark, I know you might want to leave the best for last, but we'll, we'll get that out of the way now. Um, the pandemic meant we saved a lot of money last year. We budgeted for an expenditure of just under 53,000. We spent about 39,000, and that meant that again, we've run up a bit of surplus, um, and we have this now. We have this surplus, but we also have quite a big part of savings um, that as Aleph talks about, and as I think we talked about last year, we are, that is gonna sit there until it feels clear what we're gonna spend that on, and that might allow us some more freedom and flexibility for where God might lead us this year, but we're not gonna rush to spend that. Um, at the start of last year, we were able to give away about two and a half grand of that uh, alongside the Level Trust to provide uh, laptops and devices to school children who didn't have them. So that felt really good last year, and I guess we are confidently aware of where God might be inviting us to spend that money um, this year. And I think um, that is obviously a decision and a conversation for us in the community. So if you feel, um, if you see something or you see a need and you wonder if that might be something we as a church can respond to, um, we'd love to have that conversation. Again, in 2021, we were able to give away about 15% of our income to a variety of charities um, as listed in the letter, which is really good, and I'm really glad that we do that. I think we aim for our 10%, don't we? But because we spent less money, it meant we get that, we, we kept the same amount that we were giving away, so that obviously appears as a higher percentage. Um, what else is going on? Yes, so in the budget, there are a few things that are different this year to last year. Um, one is around people and recruitment. So Luke obviously started in the middle of last year, which is so good, such a blessing. Um, Luke, we're really grateful for you. I'm really grateful for what you're doing. Um, yeah, it's really good. It's really nice. Just on a Sunday, but also during the week, you're really on it, and we really appreciate you. Um, Budget-wise, that's obviously factored into that, and um, there's no other plans. I know last year there was some talk about employing children and families work, but we haven't specifically allocated budget for that this year, but again, um, there is that surplus, which means if that's where we feel God's leading us, maybe, that, maybe that's where we'll go. Um, there are a couple of other smaller things that are in the budget that are different. One is buying a new iPad for Kids Club, because the other one is, in this letter, on its deathbed. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> quite serious. Um, thirdly, and rather optimistically, Bree's words, not mine, we'd like to do a weekend away at some point. Wouldn't that be great to do a weekend away? Um, so that's budgeted for. And then we've also um, allocated more money for sales this year, um, which we'd like to, um, the small groups. We're, we're keen for those to have real strength and a real ability to um, freedom to spend money and buy resources and invite people in. And we know that there was um, one group in particular who did that last year, and we want to give people the opportunity to do that. Um, as with anything in the budget, as I say, you'll get a breakdown of the letter if you want to speak to any of us on the leadership team um, about that, please do probably agree, because she's the one who understands. 
understand what's going on. Um, speaking of the leadership team, um, we wrote at the start of the summer about some changes on the leadership team, and then we talked about the fact that um, John was taking a break from the team. Um, Laura obviously stepped away from the team because not in Luton anymore wouldn't be wouldn't be practical. Um, and uh, Lucy stepped back from the team as well. Um, in the month since, John's decided to step down from both the leadership team and uh, trustee team. Um, we're really grateful to John. Um, I was texting him yesterday, and uh, he he served on that team since the church was planted in Luton, which is you know 15 and a half years ago, and been involved in praying. He, in fact, when we were messaging yesterday, he said it was 19 years ago that him and Gav started praying about this. Um, and we don't take for granted him stepping down at this time, and we don't take for granted all he served and given during that time. And we want to find time to um, celebrate that at some point, and we're going to figure out a good way of doing that. Similarly with Lucy, she was on this team for 10 plus years, um, and we want to celebrate that as well. We're really grateful for the two of them. We're really grateful for the wisdom and gifting they will continue to bring to this community. Um, also, um, in the past couple of months, we're really sad that Liz stepped away from the team as well. Um, really sad about that. Um, she has brought so much, so much discernment, um, so much insight, so much passion and care and heart for this community. And we really miss her on the team. But um, again, we know she continues to serve and bless this community in loads of other ways. Um, those of you keeping track might notice that doesn't leave many of us left. Um, Jane joined the team at the start of this term, no, last term, sorry, in September. That is already a real blessing. Um, so the team currently comprises myself, Jane, and Bree. Um, we are wanting to make that team bigger than three people because at the moment it's quite a lot of work and there's three of us. Um, we're work, but we've also been working really closely with the trustees um, over the past few months because this team's been quite small. So for those of you that don't know, the trustees are Rich Oster, who chairs that team, um, and Adams, David Holford, Rex Warwick. We'll be really closely with them. They've been really supportive, and we'll continue to work closely with them. One of the things we want to do is to really firm up the process by which people join the team. So that's why we're not kind of rushing to grow that team. We want to do that well, but um, those are conversations we're having about doing that. Um, those aren't conversations we just want to exist on the team. Um, and I feel like for any of us within the community, that's where we feel God might be inviting us to serve this community at this time. Please come and chat to one of us on the team, and we'd love to do that more. Or if you're friendly like that person who really good on the team, come and chat to us about it as well. The team isn't about power. It's not about um, making decisions necessarily. It's more, it's a group of us who meet together. We pray for this community, we try and hold it, and then maybe try and discern where God might be leading us. Um, and yeah, we're really open to new people joining that, and they will be. Um, further updates on that to follow. I believe in terms of like, practical stuff we need to say. That was about it. Can you go check in with Jane and Green? Yeah? Good. Alright. Um, let's talk about Jesus. Um, when I've been praying about um, the church recently, two images have really um, really stuck with me quite a lot. One is um, this idea of escape fires that I've talked about way back in the summer, which either you might not have been here or have forgotten, but um, this story about this um, wildfire back in Australia, uh, Australia sometime in the mid-20th century. And um, this wildfire was um, sweeping across this wild, is that where wildfires go? Um, people are parachuted in to deal with it, um, and suddenly it accelerates far quicker than they realise. And at this team of 10 people who have been parachuted in to like, deal with this fire, nine of them run away, and one of them um, stops, and he gets his like, matches out, and he burns the grass around him, and he stands in the middle of this burnt bit of grass and the fire goes past him um, 
unfortunately catches up there are people that have run away and as I've been praying about the church in recent months I've, that has felt an image for me that has kept coming back to me that as a church our calling at the moment is not to run away from what God is doing not to run away from the pain and loss that exists within our community at the moment not to come away with all not to run away from what pandemics and lockdowns have revealed but instead the church is a place for us to deal with that safely and not to run away from that but to be present to it and that means stuff will burn and that means stuff will perhaps be more painful than running away but it feels like church is a space where we want to do that the other image um, that certainly in the past few weeks I've been praying about um, is the road to Emmaus um, and I was particularly struck by that even more while we were worshipping this morning but I'm just going to read that passage from Luke now now on the same day two of them were going to a village called Emmaus about seven miles from Jerusalem they were talking with each other about everything that had happened as they talked and discussed these things with each other Jesus came himself and walked along with them but they were kept from recognising him he asked them what are you discussing together as you walk along they stood still their faces downcast one of them named Cleopas asked him are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened there in the last few days? What things? Jesus asked. About Jesus and Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what's more, on the same day, on the third, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen visions of angels who had said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it was just as the woman had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did the Messiah not have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going farther. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it's nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. While he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and began to give it to them. It was then their eyes were opened, and they recognised him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were our hearts not burning within us while he talked with us on the road? and opened the scriptures to us. Were our hearts not burning within us while he talked to us on the road? Um, I think what this church is and what this community is, is a place that allow, that kind of tries to facilitate that burning of the heart within us while we meet with Jesus. And for some of us, that burning of the heart while we're meeting with Jesus comes from listening to people speak. For some of us, it comes when we sing. For some of us, it comes while we're talking over coffee. For some of us, it comes while we're watching the kids dance at the front. For some of the kids, it comes while they're dancing at the front. Whatever it means for us to meet with and be with Jesus, what this community is seeking to do is to facilitate the heart burning within us. The, the community aren't Jesus, they're not the scriptures, they're not anything else, but what we seek to do is maybe be the cobbles on that road to Emmaus, where we walk with Jesus, where we walk with one another, where we're present to Jesus and present to one another in those moments so that our hearts can burn within us as we listen to Jesus as we're present to one another and as we as a team were praying about 2022 the 
thing we found ourselves feeling was a real sense of gratitude for one another and to one another. Gratitude that in the past few years, in the midst of pain and pandemics and loss and lockdown, this present has, this community has shown extraordinary love and compassion to one another, presence to one another, hope in and for one another, hope in and for this town, hope in and for this community. And so while we're still um, seeking to be present for some of the pain, and while we're still, still wanting to create opportunities to reimagine and re-explore and re-express the vision that we share with this community, what we want to do this term is to reflect on ultimately why we're here. Not why we're here in a kind of deep philosophical sense that if you ask Sam about, we'll talk to you for two hours and give you four books to read. But why, in a real like practical sense, we're here. This group of people in this particular place at this particular time. Specifically, why we're here. And we're going to unpack that in three different ways, and we're going to unpack those three ways in three different ways. It's nine ways. Um, so we see our calling here and our commitment to one another here kind of expressed in three ways. Um, oh yeah, we've got this, which explains it a little bit as well. So um, there is our commitment and our calling to Jesus. That first thing that binds us all together, the story of Jesus, the draw, the message of Jesus. Then there is our commitment and our calling to one another, the friendships, the relationships, the things that we remain faithful to in this community. And thirdly, there is our calling to Luton. Why? You know, there was, there was another list this week about like crap towns in England and again Luton was placed in that and there is but within this community there's a real core and a real holding of this place that feels so important and it's those three areas Jesus one another and this town and this community that we feel called to and that holds us together and what we want to do over the course of this term is celebrate those commitments celebrate those callings that we have and we want to do that in three different ways so one of the things that always feels quite life-giving is when we share stories of how we ended up here. For some of us, it was a group of people moving from Cambridge to Luton to do this. For some of us, we turned up here one Sunday, someone made us live with them and we haven't been able to get rid of us ever since. And for some of us, there are other myriad stories of how we've ended up here. So we want to take some time to celebrate stories of how we ended up here, how we ended up with this group of people, how we ended up in this town, how we ended up on this journey of following Jesus. Then the question becomes, why do you stay? It's easy to be called, but what is it among those things that you stay? And then finally, what are you excited about? What, where, where do you see this going? What are you excited about following Jesus for? What are you excited about being with this group of people for? And what is your hope and excitement for this town of Luton? So we have nine Sundays where we're going to unpack. No, we don't. We have 12 Sundays where we're going to, pack, uh, we're going to unpack these a little bit as well. Um, and we're going to do those Sundays. We're going to, there are four Sundays that we're going to rotate and they're all going to be slightly different. So um, when we meet here in what looks like this, where there are people stood there and somewhat, people sat there and people stood here, um, we're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to share stories about why we um, started following Jesus, why we've kept following Jesus, and our hope for following Jesus. When we meet here and do communion, we will share stories of this community, stories um, about great nights and how we've ended up here and what we want to do as we stay here. As we, um, we're going to spend some time outside, it won't be so much liturgy in the wild, but we'll be praying and spending time in our town, and as we're doing that, we will be focusing and reflecting on this town of Luton, what our calling is here, what keeps us here, and what we're excited about moving forward here. And then, on the other Sunday, we'll be meeting in smaller brunch bubbles again around town, where we will share stories, we'll laugh, we'll eat, um, 
And so that's going to be the kind of shape and rhythm of these next few months. Um, two things to say about that. One, um, in all of those things, kids are going to be really central to what we do. Um, so if the only Sunday that will look like traditional kids club in this sense um, will be the one here, but that will still be joined up with what we're talking about here. But on communion Sundays, be, that'll be designed and done so the kids can play a part in that and there'll be some creative stuff for them to do. And when we're in the brunch bubble, when we're outside, obviously the kids will take part in that as well. We're really keen, this is something we're all doing together. Um, and in terms of how we're going to do that practically, these four Sundays we're creating four different teams to run. Um, and each of those teams will dream and scheme about um, what the, the way we explore these. So sometimes it will look like someone at the front speaking. A lot of times it will look like stories and sharing and praying. Um, and those four teams will be responsible for those four Sundays. Um, we would love as many people to be involved in those teams as possible. So if you're hearing this, and we've, we've asked a few people already, but if you'd like to be involved in any of those four teams, please come and uh, chat to myself, Jane, or Bree, um, and we'll tell you more about that. And if there's a team, if there's a Sunday that you've got a real urge for and you want to serve, um, we'd love to chat to you more about that as well. I believe that is everything. Super. Thank you all. Um, so much for all you are and all you bring to this community. Um, what we want to do now is um, at the start of the year just spend some time praying for and with one another. There's no specific agenda here, but we just want to create some time in twos, threes, fours. You know, what are the one or two things you would appreciate prayer for as we start this year? No more agenda than that. Talk with one another, pray for one another, and then we'll come back together, we'll sing, and we'll take communion. Thanks.